I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, it's been a year. <laughs> Do you know, I'm, I'm sort of nervous, really, as I re-enter. Uh, it's been an extraordinary year. I'm pleased to report I got to level 18 in Pokemon Go. <laughs> uh, I'm also pleased to let you all know that uh, on August the 13th, I was on a barge in the middle of the River Thames in London at a private party with Led Zeppelin. <laughs> it was about the same time I um, sat with a very good and close friend of mine uh, who works at St. Paul's Cathedral in London. We were sitting on his patio and I was talking about my sabbatical year. And he said to me, uh, so aren't you a bit nervous? I mean, you know, you've got a whole year when you've been trusted to other people, the whole institution, aren't they going to do crazy things? And I said, you know, I'm very, very blessed. Uh, the acting dean and president is Melody Knowles. And we sort of think about the place in the same sort of way. So I, I'm completely trusting that she'll do a fabulous job and it'll be a, 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 what I would have done, she would have done. And without missing a beat, he looked at me and he said, so you're saying that you are completely in harmony with the melody? <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> thank you. You can't make this stuff up, it's great. So let me start though by expressing my gratitude to Melody. It's, it's hard being the acting dean and president uh, because, you know, the other one's still hovering around in the background. But it was an extraordinary gift to me, and I also want to take this opportunity to thank my board chair and the board of trustees that created this space and opportunity, and my faculty colleagues. You know, one person down, it means that others have to pick up the slack, to this remarkable community of students and staff and I'm really looking forward to getting to know the juniors. It's nice seeing some faces I don't recognize. I'll be on your case, seeking to get to know who you are and how you tick and what you're looking forward to. So thank you, and I'm honored to be back serving this institution. So, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. If you go to the basement of our library, which I'm sure you've all done, you will find there an, 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 a treasure of antiquity, the Assyrian reliefs. Palace walls from that remarkable Assyrian empire. Approximately started 912 BCE, was finally fell as an empire 611 BCE. And of course, it was in that last hundred years or so, the empire was slowly fragmenting and dissipating. And it created space. It created space for a young king of Judah called Josiah, who was blessed with the opportunity and freedom to live and preside at a time of extraordinary theological creativity. I mean, if you had to think of a comparable season, in modernity, you would probably pick on something like the post-war era 
when you had Vatican II, you had Karl Rahner, and the Protestants had Karl Barth and Paul Tillich. Extraordinary season of theological creativity and imagination. This was going to be a comparable season, and we know from Kings that Josiah's reforms were all based around the book of the law, which many scholars suspect is Deuteronomy. And, of course, Deuteronomy is an extraordinary book because it really does invite us to think with theological clarity about who we are and what we're called to be. So what do we hear from the book of Deuteronomy for this institution today? Well, let me suggest three things. The first is the centrality of living what we believe. You know, Deuteronomy is crystal clear. We're a monotheistic faith. God is, and God is a unity. The polytheistic squabbles dissipate. To properly understand what it is to be human, we need to recognize each and every single one for our existence and being is dependent upon the transcendent that underpins everything that is. And the gift of every moment is a gift enabled by the God that underpins everything that is. And authentic living as a human being depends upon that recognition where we dig deep into the well, into the soil of the divine to enable us to flourish as human beings. That's the central claim that the book of Deuteronomy makes and invites us into. God is, God is one, and we live authentically when we tap into the transcendent, when we tap into the eternal, when we recognize our dependence on the eternal, when we live in harmony with the eternal. That is the truth about being human. The second major theme you get in Deuteronomy is the theme of dissemination or learning. This gift, awareness, that to be fully human is to be grounded in the soil of the transcendent, needs to be shared, needs to be passed on. We need to make sure that we train our children so they get it and understand it and live it. And the third element we learn from the book of Deuteronomy, I suggest, is implied by the structure of the book. When those creative theologians of the 600s were working with Josiah and thinking a little bit about the nature of what they wanted God to be saying to the people then, what they did is they placed it in a very imaginative way. They said, these were the words of Moses in a farewell address to the people of God as they embark into the promised land. This is the divine blueprint, if you like, of how we trust and believe God wants our society to be ordered. So the text invites us to see that the affirmation that God is, the obligation to disseminate, all leads to an obligation to act. We have an obligation to act 
to further God's vision for human society. Okay, so that's what Deuteronomy says to us, but what does it mean for Virginia Theological Seminary 2017 at the start of the second semester? Well, clarity about who we are and an obligation to tap into the resources of the divine, that points to the centrality of this place in our shared life. Worship is an obligation. It is a requirement. Now, at this point, I didn't realize I was supposed to be at morning prayer this morning, so you've all got one voucher. <laughs> My associate dean of chapel was very gentle. She said, I did explain in an email. Many of you were virtuous. If you have got that virtuous moment, tap it away. You have one voucher to skip one day of mandatory worship. <laughs> but worship matters, and why does worship matter? Worship matters because in the end, that's what all of this is about. This is living an authentic awareness of God, grounding our lives in that reality, entering into it and allowing it to become part of who we are. That's what all of this is about, and therefore, Creating space for God to work in our lives through worship is absolutely imperative. We must never imagine it's less important than a paper or a meeting. It is the most important thing we can do in any given day. The second theme that emerged from Deuteronomy, the theme of learning, dissemination. We're a graduate school. That's our business. This is bread and butter to us. We get that. But notice how it's framed in the text. It's framed as a privilege. As you read a text that reflects on God and God's relations with the world and God's relations with the church and how the church relates to each other, as you read that text, view it as a sacred gift. There are so few opportunities in human life to sit with real leisure and read carefully and closely. The study is not supposed to be a chore. It's a divine embrace, an extraordinary opportunity. And then we come to the obligation to act. Do you know, um, we are a community that lives with uh, political and theological pluralism, and that's right and proper. We're a graduate school. And if you don't know anybody who uh, is, disagrees with you politically, I want you to make sure that one of the gifts this place can give you is to sit with people who profoundly disagree about the good life and how society should be ordered and learn from them. It is perfectly possible to be faithful and to understand the political differently. And on the whole, the institution has a simple role, really. We are the space for those conversations. We rarely take a side. 
But I need to share with you on this day that if we need to take a side, this institution will. I'm very conscious that we have in our faculty, and I'm proud of the fact that we have in our faculty at this time, Dr. Zainab Saligan, who is a Muslim. Now, it's perfectly proper for governments to worry about the safety of the people. That's a perfectly legitimate goal of all good government. But I need to say to this community this day that we will do what we have to to protect our faculty colleague. We will support her and we will support those who are like her and we'll do so because we believe we have to. It's grounded in the witness of God to humanity about how society should be ordered. Listen to the book of Deuteronomy this day. Heed its message. We're going to be a worship community. We're going to be a learning community. And we may be called upon as a community to act. So help us, God. Amen.